everyone. We are back once again to discuss the most important topics in nerd culture. On this week's episode, we're going to take a look at the MCU and address some of the questions that we have moving forward. I'm Brennan Sem, and this is the New Wave Nerds. Hey guys, if you like the work that we do here and want to help us continue to bring you the news and reviews, head on over to patreon.com slash newwavenerds. There, you can unlock access to exclusive content like uncensored episodes and much, much more. Once again, that's patreon.com slash newwavenerds. Now let's get back to the show. All right, guys, so like I said at the outset, we're just going to be discussing a little bit of the MCU this week and mulling over some of the thoughts that I've had following the conclusion of Secret Invasion. Now, I, like many others, was, uh, to, to put it, charitably a little bit disappointed with the show um, I'm not going to go too in depth into it just right here uh, because we're going to be having a review of that coming out uh, probably within the next week or two we just need to figure out a time for us to schedule that to be able to record and put it out for you um, like I said I was a little bit disappointed uh, again that's being pretty charitable <laughs> being charitable to say pretty disappointed. Um, but following the conclusion of it, I sort of, I, I don't want to say I was sad, but it, it got me thinking about the MCU as it stands now. Um, and I, I've sort of developed this fear, and maybe this is unreasonable. Maybe I'm the only one who has this fear, and maybe I'm overreacting. But I sort of feel like the the MCU is in a has a serious risk of becoming the DCEU. Uh, let me clarify that a little bit. I, I sort of okay, okay. When we say DCEU, you know, what do we think? That's not exactly a stamp of quality, right? Unfortunately, the DCEU is middling at best, right? It's it's consistently eh there are some good parts there are some well i mean frankly incredible parts you guys know that i love that me and shade love man of steel um and i think we've talked before about how batman v superman is is fairly good you know it's okay it's all right up until the end when it really falls off the track um and wonder woman was good aquaman was all right it was certainly fun um and then we have, you know, Wonder Woman 84 was just, you know, it, it was what it was. <laughs> and and then, you know, obviously Justice League, right? The, the DCEU, not even the DCEU, just DC in general has this reputation for not making incredible movies. And, and maybe that reputation is undeserved because there are quite a few incredible DC movies. I mean... How how many times have we talked about, you know, the Batman, uh, Superman the movie, uh, obviously the Dark Knight trilogy, e even Batman Begins, which is not that great, and, and Dark Knight Rises, which is also not incredible. Um, they were both pretty good, and then obviously the Dark Knight with the Joker was absolutely incredible. Um, and then we have, you know, Batman 84. There, there are good movies, but it has a reputation of just being oh, great, it's a DC movie, right? I'm not going to expect too much. And I think Marvel is sort of becoming that a little bit themselves. Um, 
needless to say, I think it's it's fair that they've kind of dropped the ball a lot lately. Um, let let's just take a look here. Where where is phase phase four? Okay, let's see. I'm just gonna look at the movies first, and then we'll move over to TV shows because I think the TV shows. Well, they deserve their fair share of criticism. Um, it, it's a different thing to criticize the TV shows versus the movies, right? Theoretically, with the movies, they have, they know what they are, they know what they want to do. They've been doing it since 2008. So there's a certain level of quality that we expect from the movies that we don't necessarily expect from the TV shows, just by nature of the fact that the TV shows have only been around since, what, 2021? I think that's when WandaVision came out. Yes, 2021. Um, I feel like it was maybe November. No, it wasn't that late. Because Falcon and Winter Soldier came came out in March, and that came out. Not, not important, I guess. But the TV shows haven't been around quite as long. They're a new thing for Marvel, so I'm, I'm going to give them a little bit of leeway in, uh, in, in saving them for future reference. So let's just focus on the movies for now. Looking at Phase 4, we have Spider-Man Far From Home. Um, you know, it was, it was, it was good. I'm not going to, it wasn't bad by any stretch of the imagination. I have my complaints with it. I think it struggles. The, maybe, it's, my main issue is, is less with the story per se, just more with the, the set locations and, and the geography, um, which I guess sort of, is directly related to the story. My, my main issue with Far From Home is just that it, it feels very rushed because they're spanning, you know, all of Europe, right? I mean, they start out in... I, I guess I don't... I haven't seen it in forever because it's not streaming anywhere, so I don't I don't remember exactly where they start, but they, they're in, I think, Venice and Rome, and there's, there's, they go to like Switzerland, no, not Switzerland, I don't know, not important, but they travel to so many different locations that to me, it, it just gets a little bit overwhelming, right? The story itself is pretty decent. I'm a fan of Mysterio. He's not one of my favorites, but I think he's good. Um, I liked, I thought it was funny in a way that wasn't like corny funny, like we've, seen in some of the other Spider-Man movies. Um, was Spider-Man No Way Home, or excuse me, Far From Home really Phase 4? Yeah, well, it had to have been because Phase 3 ended with Endgame and the whole point, not the whole point, no, yeah, the whole point of Far From Home is that uh, Tony's dead. So, uh, spoiler alert, I guess, if, if you haven't seen Endgame yet. But again, it was good. Um, I don't think it was as good as Homecoming, and compared to No Way Home, in my opinion, it's trash. Uh, which is, again, that's not a knock on Far From Home, per se. It's just that No Way Home, to me, is incredible. Um, and then we have Black Widow, right? Which I've sort of voiced my criticisms of Black Widow quite a bit. You know, I think it, it, it had a lot of potential. It was something that I thought could have been really good. Um, and I was all in on a spy thriller movie. I thought it was it would be a nice tone shift, uh, even something a la Winter Soldier. But then at the end, <laughs> we go a little bit off the rails, and it just becomes a superhero flick, 
which, to be fair, in my comparison to Captain America Winter Soldier, there are some similarities insofar as Winter Soldier is also a spy thriller that ends with, uh, you know, the main character being on something that's floating in the sky and then it falls to the earth. (laughs) But it just, something like that matches the tone and sort of the expectation that we have of Captain America. Though he sort of acts like a secret agent at times, he isn't a spy. Even though he's been a spy in the comics, he sort of acted as an agent of Nick Fury in in Winter Soldier. He's not a spy. But Black Widow is. (laughs) That's all she is, you know? And I mean, don't get me wrong. I think she is, you know, technically a superhero just by nature of the fact that she's in the team. I'm not trying to minimize the effect and the impact that she has had on... Uh, on the events that play out in-universe, on uh, the plot in the movie. I like Black Widow. I like Scarlett Johansson. I I think she portrayed the character very well. It's just that the movie was bad, (laughs) which sucks because I was, like I said, I was all in on a good spy thriller, and it just dropped the ball. The next film we have... Shang-Chi, obviously, we love that. We've talked about that a lot as well. That was one of the, one of the few movies in this phase that I think was actually very well done. I think it 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 did a very good job of setting up the character, um, the interpersonal relationships between him and I forget her name, but it's Aquafina. I think that was very well done. Uh, even though Aquafina's voice is so annoying to me, her as a character was actually kind of endearing, right? I liked her personality. It, it it felt genuine. And maybe that's just because it was literally written for Aquafina, and so she was just being herself. I mean, she sort of has a very similar personality in everything she's played, uh, that I've seen her in, at least. Which, I guess now that I say that, isn't that much I think I've only seen her in um I want to say it was it was a Disney movie um how do you spell Aquafina Aqua there we go uh I want to say it was Raya and the Last Dragon is that what it was where is that man how long ago did that come out I'm already down to 2018. I thought it was more recent than that. Am I completely wrong? Is she not in in Raya and the Last Dragon? No, she is. Uh, maybe I'm just blind and I didn't see it. 2021. Yeah, so this was this was after... Or no, this was the same year as Shang-Chi, wasn't it? Um, yes. But I thought she was very good at that. She was the, the dragon... Um, and I actually kind of like that movie, you know, I'm sort of, a, I kind of like Disney movies, I'm not going to lie, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to front, I, I like a good Disney movie. Um, and some of the recent ones have been bad, but this one I will say, I think it's worth the watch, it was very fun. Um, and she was decent in that, but like I said, it was, it's the same personality. Um, what was, the the only other thing I can remember her being in is The Little Mermaid, which I, I didn't, I didn't watch, I must admit, I, I'm not... I was not particularly interested in it. Um, 
I just I never liked the Little Mermaid story. Plus, I saw the trailer and all of the fish and see. Okay, quick sidebar, <laughs> or maybe a long sidebar. We'll see. Um, I don't like. I'm not against live action remakes of Disney movies. I liked Beauty and the Beast. Um, is that the only one that I've seen? I don't know. That might actually be the only one that I've seen. But I don't like, like, well, we're talking about The Little Mermaid and The Lion King. Things or films where some of the most important characters are animals, I don't think they should be making live-action remakes of those. When you make them these CGI sort of faux realistic animals. Yes, the effects look really good and it's very impressive that they can do that and it really does feel like an actual animal or rather it looks like an actual animal, but you lose all of the emotion and ultimately it's just it's just creepy, right? Um that's why I didn't like the remake of The Lion King and I'm probably not going to watch Little Mermaid. It's it's nothing against the films per se, they might be very good. In fact, I think I did hear that the Little Mermaid was pretty good. See, on IMDb, 7.2 stars. Oh, the critic score, or the Metacritic score is a 59 out of 100. Not incredible, but... Oh, Javier Bardem is in that? That's weird. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I just... I, I'm not... It's, just, it's weird to me. I don't know what the draw of it really is. To look at, like, this crab that has basically no personality, just wander around and be weird. That's not, I'm not here for it. Um, but back to Shang-Chi, <laughs> sidebar over. Uh, I guess that sidebar wasn't as long as it could have been. So I guess I'm, maybe I'm getting a little bit better about my rambling. We'll see. I liked Shang-Chi. Uh, I think a lot of people did, actually. I guess I could check the actual rating, but I think that one, that's one of the few from recent memory that has actually been relatively well received let's see 7.4 stars and a 71 out of 100 on a metacritic score that's pretty good that's pretty good for a superhero movie um obviously ben kingsley was great as trevor slattery simu liu whom i'd never seen in anything before he was incredible he just stole the show uh, I guess you can't really steal the show if it's your movie, <laughs> so that's not quite that's not quite the right word. Um, and I mean, he hasn't done really that much, has he? Let's see. Obviously, most recently he was in Barbie, but I I didn't see that. But I can't imagine he was he played an outsized role in that. You know, I know he was he was uh, featured prominently in the trailer with uh, Ryan Gosling in the the beach off, as it were. Um, but I, I can't imagine that he really played a massive role in the movie. I would like to see him do more things outside of Marvel. Uh, and I don't know if there's contractual obligations involved. I'm sure there are various non-compete clauses. I don't know. I'm sure they're doing something to try and keep him around. Uh, but I thought he was incredible. Um, yeah, Shang-Chi was really good. <laughs> Shang-Chi was really good. And then we have Eternals. Now, I don't know if you guys know this, but we here at the New Wave Nerds are not exactly massive fans of the Eternals. Um, 
you know, it had some some glaring uh, missteps, let's say. Uh, everything pretty much about it was not that great. Some of the acting was decent, but some of it was, was just weird. The story in and of itself was kind of weird. Um, the marketing was super misleading, which more than anything else, I've probably said this a million times, but more than anything else, the fact that the marketing was so misleading irritates me to no end. They made it look like uh, Kit Harrington's Dane, um, the Black Knight, and Salma Hayek's Ajax were going to play big roles in the movie. And Kit Harrington had a total of, what, four lines? And Salma Hayek, uh, I guess, again, spoiler alert from a movie that came out two years ago that everybody hates. Um, <laughs> she was only in it in, again, for like, I don't know, maybe five total minutes. But it was even then, it was only in flashbacks. She she had no role really whatsoever in, in the grand scheme of things. Um, oh, yeah, Eternals, 6.3 stars, and then a 52 out of 100 on, on the Metacritic score. Um Chloe Zhao was the director. I, I don't I don't think I've seen anything else from her. Oh. She directed a short for Diablo 4. The short is called Saviors Wanted. What is this, I wonder? Is that a cinematic from the game? Where would that where would that have been? The only cinematic that I remember the name for is the Dance of the Makers, which if you haven't listened to our Diablo 4 review, go ahead and go listen to that because um, we talk a little bit about it, but it, it's just absolutely incredible. If you don't care about being spoiled for the game, if I were you, I, I would go watch it. I would just, I'm sure it's on the internet somewhere. Um, it, it's its incredible. It, it looks so beautiful. Um but I don't know what the Savior's Wanted thing is. Savior's... Oh. It's... What is this? It's a, a live-action trailer. Oh, so it's not in-game. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I guess I'll, I'll probably watch that later. It's probably... I don't really like when they do live-action trailers for video games. I know they just released one for... Mortal Kombat 1 as well, with uh, Dave Bautista starring in it. Um, I, I don't know. It's a weird thing to me. They do it a lot, though. Uh, although, you know, that being said, the Call of Duty live-action trailer was dope for the next uh, the next game. What is it? Is it Modern Warfare 3? I don't remember. Uh, but that trailer was actually really cool. I, I'll admit that. So, <laughs> But I, anyways, anyways, not important. Um yeah, no, Eternals, garbage, garbage, and I, and I, I don't think anybody would really dispute that. I, I, I've never met a single person who was like, oh my god, I loved the Eternals. I thought it was incredible, it was interesting, I want to see what they're going to do next. No, I've never heard a single person. Everybody has said that it's bad, uh, the majority have said that it's trash, um, and I'm, that's not, I'm not even talking like people who are huge, huge, like as crazy into the MCU as like, say me and Shade are. Shade and, Shade and, Shade and me? 
Yeah, because it's the this this yeah. I know grammar, guys. Um, shade in me when it's at the end of the sentence, but these are regular people who I've talked to, like coworkers who who have talked about how much they hated it. So it, it's not me being overly hard on it. It is the sort of general consensus in the public. Now, that being said, my former manager at my job, he actually did like it. So I, I, I guess I forgot about that until just now. But I have met one person who said that they liked it. Um, but again, the general consensus is that at the very least, or being the most charitable... It's pretty bad. <laughs> um, let's see, what else do we have? No Way Home. Not even going to bother talking about it. You guys know how I feel. I spent like... I already mentioned earlier that I loved it. I think it's one of the best Marvel movies ever. You know, I don't think I've really gone through and done a hard rewatch and, and reordered everything, but I, I would uh, I would guess it's going to be top five. I can't imagine it's it's... It might even, no, it can't, it, oh, it may be top three. It may be top three. It's going to be tough because I don't know if I like it more than, man, I don't know. I'll, I'll figure that out another day. I'll figure that out another day. I know that Infinity War has been unseated from my number one position. Is it going to be number... Ah, I'm just... That's going to really irritate me now that I've opened that door. I'm going to be thinking about it all day. Like, <laughs> what are my top five Marvel movies? But, um... I don't know. That's tough. Sorry, sorry. Let's move on. Let's move on before I just spend an hour doing this. Next movie, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Another one that I was supremely disappointed by. I loved the first Doctor Strange. Um, in fact, Doctor Strange 1 used to be in my top five not that long ago. It, it was, I loved it. I thought it was great. The effects were phenomenal. Uh, the dialogue, the again, the interpersonal relationship between Doctor Strange and Mordo and Wong and Christine. Oh, man, him and Christine, that relationship was so good, so the, the portrayal was incredible. The writing was good. And it, the villain, Caecilius, he was awesome too. I really liked him. I always forget about him when we talk about MCU villains, but I really did like him. He had an interesting story. I wish we would have gotten a little bit more, you know, background info on him if they had been able to spend a little bit more time really zeroing in on, um, you know, his early days. But again, you know, it's only... We've only got two hours, you know, <laughs> there, there are definitely worse complaints to have about a movie than you didn't spend enough time on this villain that I already love. <laughs> um, following Dr. Strange, we have Thor, Love and Thunder. <sighs> Thor, Love and Thunder. Look, I'm going to go ahead and say it's still the second best Thor movie uh okay obviously Thor the Dark World is the worst in my opinion I've I've dunked on that one enough that that's fairly obvious Thor 3 or excuse me Thor 1 you know it was all right it's it gets a little past because it's an origin story they were still figuring out what they were doing but then we get to Thor Love and Thunder and 
actually, before we talk about Thor Love and Thunder, obviously, best Thor movie is Ragnarok. I don't see how anybody could dispute that. Um, it's clearly the best. It has the best writing. It is, it, it really nailed the mix of sci-fi and fantasy that the other two Thor movies didn't really have. Um, the other two Thor movies sort of leaned a little too much on that sort of mythological magic aspect, which I'm not opposed to. Like I just, I would just was, you know, waxing over, um, uh, Dr. Strange and that's entirely magic. And I like that. Um, and I like sort of sort of mythology. Uh, there are some interesting parts of love and thunder that I'll probably talk about in a minute here, but Thor Ragnarok understood, okay, we can't really do this mythology thing that we've been trying to do. Let's lean into the sci-fi aspect, which, you know, it, it sort of does feel a little bit like, you know, a little Guardians of the galaxy e sort of style of James Gunn-esque comedy. Um, obviously, Taika Waititi's great. I mean, he, he, was, he, did, he did well. Um, well, good. He did good. He did well. He did good. I'm pretty sure it's good. I don't know. That's another one that I, I never know if I'm using it right. I never know to use well or good. Um, man, we're really focusing on grammar today, aren't we? <laughs> That's a little bit weird. But Thor, Love, and Thunder. Now, Taika Waititi had a lot of cachet with me following Ragnarok. I, w I was so excited for Love and Thunder. I thought the trailer, um, it looked good. I'm not going to say that it was... It, it, didn't, it didn't raise my hopes, but... I was still operating on, okay, we still got Taika. He knows how to write Thor. He understands that he had lightning in a bottle. He knows what to do. He knows his formula. And now it's just a matter of figuring out the story. And I think, generally speaking, the, the story was decent. You know, I liked, I liked Gore the God Butcher. Um, I'm not even too... I, I, I don't hate Jane Foster as Thor. I don't hate her as Thor, as a character. The way that she's portrayed in this was terrible. Uh, the dialogue was awful. Um, the interactions between her and Thor were dumb. And her and basically every, every, everything about her in this movie was not that great. Um, there were, okay, not everything. There were some decent parts. But Natalie Portman's Jane Foster as Thor I did not like. But Jane Foster as Thor as a concept, I'm here for. I kind of like the mighty Thor. I kind of like it. I think it's interesting. It's a new take. Um, it's just weird. It's weird. And the, obviously, I think the most, the biggest complaint that most people have with this movie was the tone. That it was super inconsistent because you have these ridiculous scenes with with Chris Hemsworth where he's just like a bumbling idiot or or you know take your pick where Jane Foster is trying to figure out her little catchphrase uh and then we have you know it's super dark scene where Gore the God Butcher is just murdering people right and like I said I like Gore I like Gore the God Butcher I thought that was a good villain and I thought it, it could have been a good story but it was just again weird iffy 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 um 
I really did like Christian Bale as Gore the God Butcher. I I wish I wish Taika had had a better grasp of tone for this film because I I seriously think if if the tone had been more consistent and the writing had been better, this really could have been. It, it probably couldn't have been top five because my top five is really solid to me, but it, it could have at the very least been like a top seven, I would say maybe top eight, you know, it, I could have, it could have really done it for me because for me, one of the most important aspects of any film is the villain, which is why like winter soldier and civil war and infinity war and all these others that are my favorites the thing that puts them over the line is typically the villain. And I think just, I mean, obviously Christian Bale's great. Christian Bale's great in anything. You know, he's just a, a crazy good actor. <laughs> he's got it. He does. He, he's got that it factor. I don't know. Anytime I see Christian Bale's in anything, I get excited. Um, and he, like I said, he did incredible in this. His ending was weird a little bit. It was kind of a, a point but that whole ending was stupid so i guess i don't even the character's ending was was a little weird but the entire last i want to say like 30 minutes of the film was just probably probably the biggest waste of 30 minutes i fell in a long time especially the part where there's like the children spoiler alert spoiler alert again for a movie that came out a year and a half ago but uh not a year and a half well no just about a year a slightly over a year um when all of the little children get access to the the power of thor oh no it was just and then again with the Natalie Portman catchphrase thing, what does she say? Does she say, eat my hammer? It's like the big, it's the climactic moment of the movie. It is the end fight. You know, Thor, uh, um, oh God, what's her name? Jane Foster and Gore the God Butcher are going at it. And it's this intense moment. And she goes, eat my hammer. <laughs> oh, It was just, uh, it was just a misstep. It was just a misstep, right? Um, and then Wakanda Forever. I honestly, I haven't seen this one a second time, but I loved it, right? I mean, we we talked about it. We reviewed it when it came out. We've talked about it since. I loved it. I know a lot of people had some complaints about it, but I think um, I I actually really liked Shuri as Black Panther. I thought uh, Teno Schwerta as um, 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 Namor, why couldn't I think of his name? That was embarrassing. Was really good. I thought he par- he carried so much power. He delivered his lines with such I don't know if this is the correct word, but I want to say joie de vivre. Joie de vivre? No, that's not the right word. <laughs> the, the the definition is exuberant enjoyment of life. That's definitely not the right word. Um they just ca- it carried so much weight, uh, gravitas, dignity. That's the right word. Um, I don't know French, so, you know, sort of just, <laughs> sort of just guessing over here. Joie de vivre was definitely wrong, but gravitas, definitely. I, I think that's, I think that's a little more accurate. It's not quite perfect. Um, because there's sort of like, um, 
when he delivers his lines, there's a little bit of a menacing, not quite menacing, but a a tone that I don't quite associate with something like gravitas. Like Angela Bassett is the true definition of if we're going to use gravitas, she's the true example of that in this film. Just pure dignity. Uh No. But she's the closest thing. Not not quite perfect, but but very very close. Much closer than 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 Namor, but he was still great. He carried this weight. And I I loved the film, you know? Like I said, I haven't gone back and seen it twice, so maybe my opinion is colored by, you know, what is the phrase? Rose-tinted goggles. Um, so maybe that's not accurate. And I definitely should go back and watch it again. It's it's actually crazy that I haven't yet, now that I think about that. When did that come out? February of, February of last year? Really? And I haven't seen it a second time? That's embarrassing. Wow. That's really crazy. Uh, I believe this was the film that ended Phase 4 as well, if I'm remembering my timeline accurately. Because I think Ant-Man opens up Phase 5. Or maybe Ant-Man closes Phase 4. Let me, let me, let me make sure of this quick. Um, phase 4, or here we go, just Phase 5 MCU. That'll make it quick. Let's see, the first film... Yeah, Ant-Man opens up Phase 5. I thought so, I thought so. So Phase 4, all in all, super inconsistent. <laughs> you know, we have films like uh, Spider-Man No Way Home and Wakanda Forever, which I think are, you know, awesome, and Shang-Chi, which is really, really good, and, and, and Far From Home, for that matter. But then we have movies like Thor and the Eternals and Doctor Strange and they're just awful and Black Widow which I wouldn't consider awful it just misses the mark <laughs> it just misses the mark you know I wouldn't consider Thor Love and Thunder awful either you know it's just it's it's okay but going back to the the original crux of this that the MCU is in risk of becoming the DCU because the DCU is consistently only eh or okay, that is phase four, in my opinion, obviously. I'm not gonna, this is not, you know, incontrovertible fact, but in my opinion, it's the same. They have some good parts, they have some Man of Steels, but they also have some Batman v Supermans that are decent, but then fumble at the end. And then they definitely have some Wonder Woman 84s and some, uh, some, justice leagues and i would even i would go so far as to say that i i liked i think i i think eternals is worse than any dceu movie and i think dr strange is close i think dr strange to me is as bad as as justice league no actually i think it's worse because i like justice league more no, I don't. That's not true at all. <laughs> I was thinking of Zack Snyder's Justice League, which, again, is... I'm not going to say it's great. It's not like he made a perfect film, but it's definitely better than uh, the Whedon cut. Um, is it Joss Whedon who does... who who came on to, um, to Justice League? 
and did just a million reshoots and changed the entire tone and <laughs> and screwed it over a little bit. Um, I thought it was Joss Whedon. Only Zack Snyder has the director's credit, according to IMDb. Um, but again, if, if we're going to be fair here, Justice League does get does get a bit of a pass just because of the circumstances that you know it exists in right it had Zack Snyder attached at first and then through you know a horrible a horrible I don't need a, tra- a tragedy that's the word I was looking for he leaves and then they have to bring in a new director who has his films have a completely different tone it's it's obviously a recipe for disaster. Um, and then, you know, up on top of that, you have the whole Henry Cavill mustache, <laughs> which I love Henry Cavill. I love Tim as Superman, but, and I get that it's cause he was working on mission impossible, but geez, guys, you couldn't get any better CGI on his face for real. <laughs> Absolutely insane. Um, Oh yes, it was it was Joss Whedon. Um, so here, for anybody who may not remember, uh, since it has been like five years since this movie came out, which is is crazy, um, Zack Snyder and his wife and producer Deborah Snyder stepped down from finishing after the suicide of their daughter in March of seventeen. They tried to remain involved as a way to work through the difficulty, but after two months, decided to step away from the project to spend time with their family. Joss Whedon, who had signed on for Batgirl, ooh, which is now unfortunately uh, not <laughs> not coming to light. I still think, honestly, that that's gonna they're gonna release that someday. I I think they're just gonna release it. Um, probably not. Actually, it's probably just shelved. But at the time, at the time that they announced that cancellation, I was certain that the outcry would cause them to just be like, ah, fine, we'll release it anyways. <laughs> but I, maybe it's not. It's been long enough now that, that that's probably not actually going to happen. Um, Joss Whedon took over as director, managing additional scenes that needed... that. Wait. Joss Whedon, who had signed on for Batgirl, took over as director, managing additional scenes that need to be included in the final cut. Needed to be included. Uh, Warner Brothers have stated that Joss would direct and write in the same style as Zack, so there wouldn't be any tonal shifts or obvious changes in style. However, Whedon controversially fired Snyder's composer Tom Holkenborg, what a strong last name, and replaced him with Danny Elfman, who had previously composed Whedon's Age of Ultron. I didn't know that. I didn't know Danny Elfman composed the score for Age of Ultron. That's kind of crazy. But again, so... Justice League does get a little bit of a pass because of the extenuating circumstances, but that does just because it gets a little bit of a pass doesn't mean it's a good film. <laughs> um, so I, like I said, I think, I think for real, there's, there's serious doubts. Um, and then we move on to phase five and so far we don't have a lot, you know, all things considered, we don't have a lot. We have Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, big letdown, big letdown down i mean another one that i had fairly high hopes for i wasn't i didn't think it was going to be absolutely incredible i didn't think it was going to be the greatest thing ever but i I thought it was going to be a lot better than it was um and to be fair 
a lot of my complaints do come from, say, effects and just the, the grand scope. Not necessarily. There, there is some story and dialogue issues, but it, it's mostly the effects for me. So not exactly quite the same as some of the other films in phase or some of the films in phase four but not not exactly impressive not exactly a great showing uh and it was supposed to be i mean this was the thing that kicked off phase five this was supposed to be the thing that sets off everything moving forward so this needs to be like this big epic thing and they had compared it to like civil war um Granted, they had they compared it to Civil War insofar as like how it impacts the broader MCU. But when you compare it to something like Civil War, there's a bit of an implication that the quality is going to be similar. Obviously not the same, because they're very different films. The entire tone is different. It's not a Russo Brothers film. It's not with Cap. It's with Paul Rudd, right? So it's not... I'm not expecting, like, a a, a, a gritty, grounded spy thriller, but I, I was hoping for something a little better. And then we have Guardians 3, which, full disclosure, still haven't watched, although it's it's now on... on um, What's that service called? Disney Plus. How could I not remember that? So I'll have to watch that soon. What do we have? 8.88 stars out of 10. 64 out of 100 for critics. So it, it, it must be fairly decent. Um, I have heard, a, an, again, a bunch of people who thought there it, it was expected that it was going to be better. Um, but I again... Eight, eight, 8 out of 10. Decent. Fairly good. Fairly good. Fairly good. And now we have the next film that's going to come out, The Marvels. It's supposed to release November 10th. Um, I, I, don't, I don't have high hopes for this. <laughs> Believe it or not. You know, Captain Marvel was not great. So Brie Larson has no cachet with me. Um, but that being said, I liked... Um, is her name Monica? Is it Monica Rambo, or is that the mom? I always get them confused because one of them is Maria and one of them's Monica. Um, the daughter is Monica, Monica Rambo, who was in WandaVision and again, spoiler alert for some that came out two years ago. But when Monica Rambo was going through the the thingamajing, the hex, whatever they called it, she got powers somehow which they've as of yet not explained granted we haven't seen her in anything else so hopefully they address that in this <laughs> um but i liked her and maybe this is a hot take i don't know what the general consensus was on this but i really liked miss marvel um granted it, it was a you know it's not marketed i'm not the target audience here so it's not supposed to be something that I absolutely love. It's going to somebody else, you know, it's going to like the teenage girls, <laughs> but all things considered, I thought it was decent. I actually kind of liked the story. Um, there were obviously some fumbles and there are some aspects that I think are not entire. They're not exactly nuanced approaches to uh, looking I'm not gonna. I, never mind. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna touch that, because <laughs> um, I'm not quite as educated as I would like to be on that subject. But 
6.3 out of 10 stars. Not people didn't really tend to enjoy it, but I thought it was fun. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't incredible, but like I said, it was a children's show. You know, it's not, it's not exactly the same caliber as some other stuff. I did, I really actually did like, um, what's her name? Iman Vellani, the lady who plays Kamala Khan. She was interesting. She was very well. I liked Nakia as well, played by Yasmin Fletcher. Um, I, I didn't really like Bruno, though. He had some parts that I, I absolutely just... They irritated me to no end. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. I didn't, I didn't necessarily like him all that much. I didn't hate him. He wasn't terrible, but he was just annoying to me. Just a little bit annoying. But all things considered, that show was decent. So I, I'm interested to see where they take her. But... I'm not at all confident that this film is going to be great. It's being directed by Nia DaCosta, who I don't think I'm familiar with. Um, oh, it's written and directed by her. Oh, is it? Is it? Wait, where's the director? Wait a minute. There we go. That's what I wanted. Um, Marvel's, let's see, what else has she done? She directed Candyman, the new remake, which I think Shade and I started to watch, but I, I, don't, I honestly don't remember anything about it. Um, only as a 5.9 out of 10 for stars, but, you know, it's a horror movie. Horror movies don't typically have high scores, e even the good ones, you know, honestly, except for, like, say, Alien or um, uh, uh, what's that other one that's really famous? Oh, as soon as I remember the name, it's going to irritate me. Um, the Exorcist. <laughs> That's what it is. One of the most classic horror movies of all time. Um, I don't know what, what the rating on that one is, but I can't imagine it's anything below like a 7.5. Oh, yeah, 8.1. Um, even like, I think Nightmare on Elm Street, the original one. The, the Oh, 7.4. Better than I was expecting, but... I thought it had like a 6.8, but typically horror movies don't get reviewed well, so maybe she did a, a, a good job. But it's a weird pick. <laughs> it's a weird tone shift, you know? If I were writing a movie, like if I were trying to pick directors for um, a sort of sci-fi comedy superhero movie, I wouldn't pick somebody whose biggest credit is a horror movie. <laughs> but that's just me. I mean, what do I know? Maybe she's going to do very well. Maybe she's going to do incredible. Um, but I'm not, I'm not entirely confident. And then obviously there's the TV shows. Hawkeye was great. Loki was good. WandaVision was good. Um, but like all the other ones, they're either okay. I mean, I liked Moon Knight, but I know a lot of people didn't. She-Hulk was all right. Falcon and Winter Soldier, again, it was okay. Like, these, these aren't exactly phenomenal. Secret Invasion, disappointing, <laughs> to say the least. Um, I just think Marvel for a long time has had a, a lot, a lot of goodwill with the fan base. And I just think if they don't shape up, if they don't start to really, um, let's say, get a grip and start actually putting out some some good content, like some quality work, I just think it's just going to go the way of the DCU. I mean, people are going to go see, obviously. People are going to go watch. I'm going to go watch. But 
it's it's slowly becoming one of those things where it was like, oh, okay, this is I'm not excited for this anymore. I'm not excited to go see a Marvel movie in the theaters anymore. Um, it's it's getting really close to that point for me. I mean, well, I I wasn't clamoring to go see Guardians. You know, I'm not clamoring to go. I, I will go see the Marvels, but I'm not clamoring to. It's, 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 it's not great. It's not looking good. It's not looking good. Um, but, but it's just, I don't know. I want to, I want to be excited again. But when we look back over the stuff that we've had recently, it's just, it's not, it's not incredible. You know, and maybe we're asking too much as a fan base. Maybe we should just settle for okay to good with some bad. But I would much rather have... I would rather have one Marvel movie a year that was on the caliber of, like, a No Way Home. Well, okay, that's a little... That's that's asking a lot. I would I would prefer one Marvel movie a year if it could just be the quality of, like... Shang-Chi, you know, <laughs> or of, um, what's another one that's Ant-Man. I, I really like Ant-Man, but it's not amazing. It's not gonna, it's not, you know, I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not gonna say it's one of the best movies of the MCU, but it's, it's good. It's fun to watch. Like, I don't know, even like a Guardians 1, but unfortunately it's just, They've just dropped the ball so much. They've had so much goodwill from the fandom over the years, and it's it's really running out. And I don't think I, I'm not the only person to, to to think like this. You know, I don't think I'm I'm in the minority. I think I'm actually maybe not the majority, but I'm definitely in the plurality. Uh, I'm there's definitely a lot of people who would agree with me that I know Shade does at least the um, the quality is is markedly markedly dropped and i i seriously think if like say marvels and what are the what are the marvels is the next movie especially if like the loki tv show is bad then they've lost it and it's over because i mean loki one was good loki one was really good so if they screw up loki two Oh man, it is it's not a good look. I think it's I think it's practically over. The reign of the MCU as we've known it, it is definitely over if if Loki 2 and Marvels aren't great. Now look, if the Marvels is bad but Loki 2 is is really good, I will maintain hope. I will maintain hope. Because I mean, we've got some some good prospects coming out for movies. I mean, I'm pretty excited for Brave New World. Um, I'm I'm moderately excited for Thunderbolts. It's Fantastic Four. Oh man, I think they have a lot of good opportunities here. I just hope that they don't squander it. And I think obviously, you know, they know what's up. They know people are irritated. That's why they've announced and been discussing the fact that they're going to be reducing their release schedule so that they can focus on quality over quantity, which that is obviously just that one decision alone is probably going to make a huge difference. (laughs) So maybe this is, maybe my fears will be allayed really, really soon, but I don't know. It's, it's kind of, it's a, it's a little nerve wracking. Um, and frankly, 
some of my other concerns I don't think can be allayed by some of the upcoming movies and TV shows. Like, for example, I'm really worried about Avengers Kang Dynasty. I'm worried about what the Avengers team is going to look like. Who do we have? We have Shang-Chi, Shuri's Black Panther, and who's the other? We'll be a Spider-Man. We're going to have Doctor Strange. Who are the other? Who's the other main guy? Um, oh, oh, Captain Marvel. Duh, <laughs> Captain Marvel. That's the other heavy hitter that they have. And you know, obviously, we're going to be seeing some of the other little characters and people from from TV shows, and and they're all going to pop in and and do their thing. Oh, Captain America. How did I forget him? Wow, uh, Anthony Mackie. Him too. It's just these are not the str- This is not the strongest lineup. This is not the strongest lineup. And like I said, I, I kind of like Anthony Mackie. I kind of like I kind of like his character. Um, I don't know how I'm going to feel about him truly as Captain America because I haven't seen him in anything yet, but I'm, I'm open to it. I've gotten mo- I've started to feel more open to it over the course of the past year and two years or however long it's been since since Falcon and the Winter Soldier came out. Um, and I like Shuri. I like Shuri. I like Shang-Chi, but these these characters it feels like we're just being rushed into a new team whereas i feel like if they were able to if they take took the time to really make us feel a little more attached to these characters it 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 wouldn't it wouldn't be the same i think like for example if we had a shang chi uh a shang chi 2 um, and like a, another movie with Shuri and if they pushed the Avengers back a little bit, which normally I'm not for pushing things back, you know, I've been complaining a lot, um, about the writers, uh, writers and actors strike, uh, workers of the world unite. I support that, but, but I've been sort of complaining a little bit that even though I support, you know, your right to, to, to strike and, and, and ask for for better benefits i i've been a little irritated that all of my favorite movies have been pushed back but this is a case where i think it would behoove them to be like hey we need to get more movies with the guys who matter we need more time with the people who are going to be doing this and granted maybe that's the point is that we're supposed to come into king dynasty with no idea of what's going on but we have no and the, and then they'll do some movies afterwards to to um but but I don't think that's what they're doing we, we I mean we have no announced movies between Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars and I think that's I mean that's on purpose it's not like they're hiding those it's not like they're going to secretly they've been waiting to announce like Shang-Chi 2 after Kang Dynasty in between the two of those no they they want it feels like they want those to lead directly into each other. Sort of similar to what they did with um, uh, in Infinity War and Endgame. Wait, no. There was two movies between those two. Right? Yeah, because Ant-Man and the Wasp came out after Infinity War. Yeah, because the end credit scene was was him being trapped in. Yeah, that's right. That's right. For some reason in my head, Captain Marvel was the only movie between Endgame and Infinity War. But I sort of feel like 
I don't know. I don't know. It just and look, that's that's part of the point. Obviously, is they want us to get that feeling of like these people don't know each other, so we should we don't really want to. They don't really want us to know them all that well either. So we're we kind of feel akin to them when they're still in this phase of like getting to know each other and figuring out the team dynamic. They want us to be in that as well. But I want to know the individual characters before I see them in a team up. And, and that's just me. That's just me. As much as I, I love the Avengers movies and I would love to see another Avengers movie, honestly, I'm okay. And I, I don't think people are going to agree with me on this. I, I don't think most people would agree with me on this. But I'm okay with pushing Kang Dynasty back to like 2028 and then Secret Wars to 2029. 20, uh, if, that, if that means that we get more time with Anthony Mackie's Captain America, more time with Shuri's Black Panther, and more time with Shang-Chi, more time with the heavy hitters who are supposed to be leading the team, but we know basically nothing about them. And look, that's not the way that they typically have done it, right? Think about the Avengers. We only got one, well, we got two Iron Man movies, but we only got one Thor movie and one Captain America movie before they had to team up. But this is different. This isn't 2012. Back then, we were still figuring out what the MCU was. We were still figuring out what this sort of overarching franchise was going to look like. But now we've been doing this for, what, 15 years? That is insane. (laughs) We've been doing this for 15 years? Like, we know the drill. We get it. We understand. It's just, I don't think we've had enough time with these new characters. And I think that's the reason that, well, not the reason, one of the reasons that there's been such heavy criticism of these, of these people. It's just, we, we, we haven't had enough time to get to know them and we're not going to get, have enough time to go, uh, to get to know them. We sort of won't. And I think, I don't know, it's... It's it's a little weird. It's a little bit... It's a little... I'm not sure how... Actually, yeah, now that I think about that, is is that a little bit unreasonable of me to ask? Because we we didn't get that for any of the other seasons. Or any of the other phases, rather. Um, Why do I feel so disconnected to these people? Why, Why does it feel different? Maybe it's just because, look, if I if if I had a time machine and if I were ruler of the universe, if I were rule, if I were Kevin Feige for a day, well, not for a day. If I had been Kevin Feige, if I if I could have things the way that I would have liked them in the MCU, if actually let me rephrase that, not even if I could have things the way that I liked them, if I could make one change just one change don't kill off cap in endgame don't kill off cap keep him around for a little bit longer just a little bit longer even if he's not like in a, a in a huge role i think if you held over maybe that's not true at all 
maybe that would have just made things weirder. I think it would have been better if you had held on to Cap for a little while. I don't know. And I... Uh, this is this is tough. This is tough. I don't know. I guess I I I don't know how I feel. It's weird. Um, they're in this sort of limbo right now. The MCU is, and it's just it's making me a little nervous, right? Because I, I obviously I I love Marvel. I love the MCU, and I I'm, I'm just I'm a big fan of movies in general. But like the superheroes hold a special place in my heart from the comics and all the the animated movies and TV shows and it's like you know this is 2008 I mean geez I was six when Iron Man came out I don't even remember being six years old <laughs> I don't even remember that far back my entire memory is of superhero movies <laughs> I don't remember anything before that so it's like these are these are like Maybe I'm just being a little a little weird. I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you guys think I'm overreacting a little bit? Or do you think it's fair to say that if they don't shape up soon, it's sort of going to fall apart? Um, I, I think a little bit the MCU has gotten inside its own head. I think one of the reasons that, like, the first two phases were so good not that phase three is bad i actually think phase three is one of the i think honestly phase three might be the strongest actually let me look at this let me look at this phase three we have ant-man good civil war incredible okay phase three is definitely the strongest phase ant-man civil war doctor strange guardians 2 which was not great <laughs> um spider-man homecoming thor ragnarok black panther infinity war ant-man and the wasp which not a lot of people liked but i did and then obviously captain marvel and, and endgame um captain marvel not not good to be a little bit charitable and then endgame i've come around to more um i don't i i don't i wouldn't say that i like it but i, I don't hate it as much as i used to uh, I, I like the, you know, the first act I think is incredible. I, I've said that, but I don't know. I just think maybe it's time to flip the script a little bit. Maybe it's too much of the same. If, if, if I kind of want to see more movies that are a little bit more self-contained. You know, like, I, I don't want the implications of the broader MCU to be quite so obvious. Like, you know, one or two every once in a while, I, I'm fine with. Like, something, like, obviously the Avengers movies have to have a broad impact, but something like like Civil War, that's, that's massive. Um, and then, again, Ant-Man. One or two of those, I think, is fine every once in a while. You know, you can have a movie that has a huge impact on the state of what's going on and how it's going to impact the future and other movies and other properties within the universe. But like, uh, um, like Eternals, the events of Eternals shaped literally the face of the world, literally the face of the world. And what happens in Eternals at the end of Eternals with, um, what's the dude's name? Tiamat? I think the, that's the name of the uh, Celestial. No, 
celestial yeah that's the right word the celestial that starts rising out of the the indian ocean or whatever um that is literally if i'm not mistaken and if it hasn't changed since the last time i i read that is the basis for it's either either brave new world or thunderbolts i can never remember which maybe it's Actually, I think they changed that. I think if I remember correctly, the last time... I, it was Brave New World, and the last time we talked about it on the show, I think that I discussed about how I read a news article that said that, but then I couldn't find it again. So maybe that's not fair. I don't know. It's weird. There's a lot... Like I said, there's a lot up in the air. Um, no matter what, I think what we need to go... What we, what we need to do is tamp things down a little bit. Not every single thing needs to be a massive world-ending event. Not every movie needs to... Or every or every TV show, for that matter. Not every movie or TV show needs to be about how the entire state of the universe is, is falling apart. About how a world war is going to happen if we don't stop X, Y, or Z. It's... Basically, what I'm saying is we need to bring back the Defenders. <laughs> and I mean that both in the the uh, sense of we need to bring back the actual Defenders from from the Marvel show or from the Netflix shows. And we, and we just need to bring back the spirit of the Defenders. We, we need to just sort of calm down a little bit. The universe is so expansive and so big that... It feels like it just needs to keep growing. Otherwise, it's like, why would people come to this movie if, you know, it's it's not as big, the impacts of it aren't, the, the potential consequences aren't as great as the last movie. But characters are different. I, I would agree with that if, if it were like a, a series of movies. Like, well, like, take take the Avengers, for example. That makes perfect sense. What do we, what is what's Avengers one? The plot of Avengers one is we have some aliens coming through and they want to destroy the Earth. Perfect sense. <laughs> perfect sense. Age of Ultron. We have a slight. It's it's basically the same. Another world-ending event. Uh, but then we have a sort of increase in magnitude with Infinity War. You know, the whole universe is going to get halved. But you can't really, you don't have to follow that same trajectory, right? Just because Avengers Infinity War is this massive grand scale and, and endgame for that matter, just because these are on these, this massive, you know, universe wide, uh, or, uh, um, the impacts will be felt universe wide. Just because these movies have that doesn't mean Ant-Man Quantumania needs to be that. Ant-Man doesn't need to be a massive world-defining thing. Um, well, uh, you know, a multiverse-defining thing, for that matter. It doesn't need to be. It, and it's such a massive jump. Uh, it's, it's such a massive increase in, in magnitude from Ant-Man and the Wasp to Ant-Man Quantumania. It just doesn't make any sense. But, to be fair... If we're being fair here, the jump from Spider-Man Far From Home to Spider-Man No Way Home doesn't make particularly 
a lot of sense either. That's another massive jump. But the difference is Spider-Man No Way Home backs it up with incredible acting, story, and dialogue and effects, whereas Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania lacks a bunch of those things. But I would very much like to see a return to quote-unquote normalcy. I'm not saying, like, we need to go back to just fighting, you know, drug lords in your local Hell's Kitchen. But it doesn't need to be something that's going to change the world. Especially in the case of Captain America uh, Brave New World. If it's going to be this, and it's going to make me so mad. We're so new to Anthony Mackie as Captain America... The focus needs to be on him. The focus needs to be on Anthony Mackie, on us getting to know him as Captain America. We need to learn how he is going to differ from Steve. We need to know that. The movie doesn't need to be about the conflict. It needs to be about him. But it's going to be about the big bad. It's going to be about whatever's happening that's going to... Some, I don't know, probably insurgency that's trying to take over the world and i don't know some stupid and it's gonna become a massive superhero thing which i get i understand that if we're if if we're gonna be fair here he does he being you know anthony mackie um sam wilson does deserve that as a character but that doesn't change the fact that we know nothing about him we don't know anything about him, really. I mean, look, sure, he was he was a secondary character in uh, in Winter. He's played a big part over the past couple years in in Winter Soldier, in Civil War, in um, obviously. Well, he didn't really have a big part in Endgame, or really in Infinity War. But obviously, you know, Falcon Winter Soldier is all about him. But we just don't know anything about him even though he's played a big part in those other movies we don't know anything about him other than the superficial and falcon and the winter soldier is a little bit of an insight into him into his personality into his thought process but not really not really because he's not captain america it's 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 a completely different mindset it's a completely different character he's playing falcon but now he's Captain America. And there are different responsibilities that come with being Captain America than come with being Falcon. That's obvious. <laughs> there are very different responsibilities. You have to change the way that you operate. You have to make different decisions. Your actions actually have consequences. Whereas, honestly, when you're Falcon, nobody cares about you. Respectfully. <laughs> you know? Both, I mean, and I, I do mean this in world and and in real life in universe and in real life. I don't know. What do you guys think? What do you guys think? 
should we do a hard reboot <laughs> after Secret Wars? No, I'm just kidding. I don't think I don't think it's that bad. I don't think we need to do a reboot. I think they de- they need to do a fundamental restructuring of of the phases and the way that they operate, and they need to do a fundamental restructuring of how they feel about um, the interconnectivity and the continuity and the way that everything pulls together. I think they seriously need to fundamentally restructure the way that they do things. But I don't think it's a hard reset. It's not it's not as bad as the DCEU. The first three phases, while some of you know, they do have their misgivings in some of the movies, they're they still have some goodwill. They still have some cachet. Um but I, I will say this. If Marvel's Loki th- these are the ones that to me are going to be indicative of of the rest of the MCU for a while. I think if, if they screw these up, then we're in real trouble for a little while until they can make something actually happen. Loki season two, obviously that's a huge one. If that is, if that is bad, then we know there is a serious fundamental problem with the way the MCU is operating right now. Because like we said earlier, Loki season one, great. Great. Even though, like I've said before, I don't like the fact, or I don't like the way that it fits into the MCU. I still like it as a show. It's very well written. The performances are interesting. It's pretty good all around. So if Loki season two flops, people need to get fired. I don't know who, I don't know what's going on, but there seriously needs to be some restructuring done at Marvel Studios. Uh, And as far as the movies go, I'm not going to put, there have been some people who have been putting a lot on the Marvels just simply because it's the next Marvel movie, but I don't, I don't, like I said, I don't have high hopes for it. I, I'm, I'm open to be pleasantly surprised. I'm not going to expect it to be terrible because I'm going to hope that they learn from their mistakes in, in Captain Marvel. Um, and like I said, I like two of the three main characters. The one that I think really matters is Brave New World. Coming out July 6, 2024. So we've got a lot of time until that. If that one is bad, I I don't know what to do. You know, obviously I'm going to go and see Thunderbolts and Blade and Fantastic Four and the next two events. I'm obviously going to go see them, but I don't know. I don't know what that means, you know? I don't know what I don't know how to, how to feel. I don't know how. Obviously, there's no way of really articulating how it's going to impact the way that I view things because it's all speculative. But I just, if Captain America fails, if Brave New World fails, the MCU's kind of done for me. It's kind of done for me until they make another good movie. Until they make another movie that's on the caliber of of No Way Home, of Civil War, Infinity War, you know. Even a movie that's as good as say Ant-Man. If if Captain America's bad, but Thunderbolts is as good as Ant-Man, it doesn't change my opinion. Now, if Captain America is as good as Ant-Man, 
then I'm going to stay open. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, close the door. I'll be, I'm, I'm open to it. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to act like it's the end of the world. But if Captain America, man, I, I really hope they don't screw that one up. Because the Captain America character is so important to me. I mean, it's one of my favorite characters of all time. Granted, granted, Steve Rogers' Captain America has always been my favorite. Movies, comics, anything. Um, well, obviously movies, because we, we haven't seen anybody else. But I, I, I love Captain America. I loved Captain America when it was Steve. I loved him when it was Bucky. I need to read some comics of him, of Sam, as Captain America. I will admit. I have not read any. Well, I have read. I read Secret Empire, which he he's he's Captain America in that as well. But he, he it's it's different, you know. That's a whole weird one. I think I talked about that one before too. Actually, I think I talked about that the last time we talked about Captain America: Brave New World. But I need to read a little bit more about him. I'm not counting him out. I'm not discounting him completely. But if he screws it up, <laughs> if he screws it up, I, I I don't know. Again, maybe that's not fair, but it's just how I feel. You know, it is what it is. One thing that I think they seriously need to take a look at is doing a sort of MCU Elseworlds, a la the DCU, wherein they can do movies like, like The Batman, which has a completely different, which I guess we don't know for sure, but we're assuming is going to have a very different tone from Batman Brave and the Bold and Superman Legacy and the DCU writ large, right? Uh, Something like the Joker. They can explore these stories. Maybe they can bring in, um, I don't know, somebody else to play somebody else. I don't know. They can try something something new, try out something. And, and it's easy to do now because you can just say it's in, you know, a different multiverse. I mean, we've been talking about the multiverse for what, the, pa- the past, well, the, I mean, the past two phases, but we've hit, on, we've hit on it, especially in Quantumania, Doctor Strange, and No Way Home, right? That's, that's quite a few movies. Everybody is, is well aware of what the multiverse is now. So it's very feasible that you could do that. And if those movies do well, bring them in in Kang Dynasty or bring them into Secret Wars. Bring them over. But, I mean, if my theory is correct that at the end of Secret Wars, some event happens that brings the timeline back to the the quote-unquote one true timeline as it existed before Loki season one, if that theory holds true, then obviously the MCU Elseworlds is kind of a moot point. They they would never do that uh, if they get rid of the multiverse because, well, then everything's in one universe, right? So you can't do Elseworlds, but you can still you can still do movies with characters that are completely removed from everything. It would be interesting to see some movies that are almost entirely self-contained. And I mean, that's one of the things that was interesting to me about Guardians when it came out in 2014. And, and you know, even, you know, Guardians 2, right? These were things that were, they took place in the MCU, but they were completely unrelated from anything else going on. 
well, not completely unrelated. There was still they were still tangentially related because obviously Thanos was involved indirectly in Guardians One, um, and I don't think there's anything in Guardians Two that connects anything outside. Is there? Nothing's coming to mind. There's, I mean, there's Easter eggs, obviously, but I don't. There's nothing major story related as far as I can remember that's interesting you know it's these characters that are literally doing their own thing and it helps with that sort of issue sometimes that people are like why is um what's a good example why why is you know spider-man the only one fighting mysterio why is nobody coming to help questions like that why is, uh, there, there's clearly, like, wh- why is nobody doing anything about what's going on with the Eternals? Or, you know, take your pick, right? Like, any, anything that's going on. Why, why is, why is nobody else helping in these questions? That sort of mitigates that. Which, I mean, I've, I've never personally had that criticism because I've always been like, well, I mean, the, a lot of these things, they, they don't exactly, it's not like they take place over the course of weeks and they have, you know, some advanced notice. It's, it's very surprising, you know, when some villain comes up and appears and you don't have time to contact other people or other people are doing their own things. That's not necessarily a criticism that I've ever really held. Um, but I know some people, quite a few people have had that over the years and that, that would help with that. That would help with that, having more self-contained stories. And then if, even if you wanted, you could you could bring them in to, I don't know, bring them into the fold, as it were, and then just have them go back. And maybe, maybe they end on sour terms with everyone else so they can just go back to their own thing and we don't have to necessarily worry about that. I don't know. Just, some, just an idea. I don't know. I, I'm not going to say that it's over, you know. But it's not looking good for the MCU. They are... They're they're running out. <laughs> they're running out of goodwill with the fandom. And... I mean, look, that's not entirely their fault. Because, to be honest, the fandom can be pretty rabid sometimes. <laughs> you know, the fandom can be really unreasonable. I mean, I've definitely been unreasonable. Maybe I'm being unreasonable on this very episode. But that doesn't change the fact that that is the fandom, that is, you know, the fan base that you have cultivated, and if you're going to, you know, be captured by your audience and succumb to their whims, then you're going to have to succumb to their whims, you know, it's just, that is the way it is. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Let's just hope, because I'll be really sad if, if they just sort of go by the wayside, and it's, they just for whatever reason, don't put out good films anymore. Anymore, I'll be upset. Like I said, these were this was a big part of of my childhood. Um, superheroes in general have have always played a very large, maybe a little too big <laughs> of a role in my life. But that's just the way that it is. You know, I can't help it. I can't help that my dad is a nerd. I do blame him. It, it is his fault. Because look, <laughs> if he hadn't been interested, I wouldn't have gone to go see it. And then maybe I would be much happier now because I wouldn't be complaining about movies that haven't even come out yet. So thanks, Dad. <laughs> well, with that, uh, with a slight attack on my dad, uh, thanks, Pops. 
<laughs> we're going to end it here. Um, this this episode is a bit of a new format, uh, as, as you know, you guys have been able to tell. Normally we have like a, a news story or something to sort of riff off of, but this sort of just operated on uh, just the idea of I'm just going to rant about some thoughts that I've had. Uh, let me know what you guys think. I'm not, I'm not so sure. It was fun. I liked it. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Let us know what you guys thought. And if you enjoyed this episode or any of the episodes, if you enjoy any of the work we do, if you wouldn't mind sharing that, uh, with some homies, because word of mouth is the best way for podcasts to grow. And we would really appreciate it with that. We will catch you guys next time.